I'd like to take you some, uh, to the Gospel of Mark and chapter 4. And I would like to start at verse 35. I spoke about this last week for a different reason. But it's to set up what it is that I believe I'm to share with you tonight. It says this, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion and the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. In the beginning of that particular section of scripture, Christ announces, he doesn't say maybe, He simply declares, let us go to the other side. Picture that in your mind for just a moment. Let us go to the other side. There's no question in his voice. There's no second thought of, I don't know, maybe that isn't such a good idea after all, man. You know. No. There was intention in a statement. There was direction being given. And these men, these men, at least four of them, were seasoned fishermen who made their living, supported their families on this body of water. And so they, they've experienced some storms. They've experienced the winds. They've experienced the waves crashing over the side, the, the side of the boat. Maybe a little bit of Hey, you know, the boat's sitting a little low in the water as well. But yet, 
these same men have been with Christ as he has captivated crowds of people, as he has befuddled those that claimed to know the word of God and were seated in a place of authority. They saw how he answered to these men. Is it right that we should pay taxes? And Christ responds, well, show me a coin by which you do this. And they throw him a denarius. Whose picture is this? Whose image is on this coin? Caesar! Well, then render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And render unto God what is God's. And it went right over their heads. Some understood and were deeply insulted. Because look at someone beside you. And what is the image that is there? The scripture says that we are created in the image of God. That's what should be reflected in our, in our very countenance, in our being. For we are created in the image of God. And so render unto God what is God's. Now how does that come to speak to you about intentionality and direction? Well, if we go to the next section of scripture, begin to see. In chapter 5, it starts this way. They went across the lake to the region of, of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? What do you want with me, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, 
Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake where they were drowned. I asked the question in the beginning. Intentionality. Do you have any? Direction has it been given? And what does let us go over to the other side? How does that show us intentionality? The scripture says that Christ, as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. Meaning all-powerful, all-knowing. Bless you. All-knowing. Think about that one for just a moment. All-knowing. Is it possible that the entire intention of the words, let us go to the other side, was spoken on behalf of one individual? One that needed to be set free. One that was suffering so. And the people that were afraid, living in fear, so much so as to not even attempt to try to help this individual ever anymore, because they had found that not even the strongest chains could help and keep this one from harming himself or the potentially others. Could it be? Let us go to the other side. Was for the purpose of simply saving one. I say to you, I believe the scripture declares it to be true and so. Now, how is it, if my question is intentionality, do you have it? There are men in this room, there are women in this room, and they all have, and each have purpose. 
So we do a thing to be able to live, to be productive. But there's one more thing beyond just simple productivity. We have put our faith in Christ. We have declared He is Lord. By that declaration, we have surrendered unto Him. By that declaration, as unpopular a word as it may be, but it's a better position, we are no longer slaves to sin. We are bond slaves unto the Lord. There's a difference between those two terms. A slave is held against his will. A bond slave stays and devotes himself to his master because of a love that is developed and grown in him. Christ gave himself up for us. And for those few that have received and accepted that gift, a love that wells up within us, that desires to be with him, that desires to be like him, the term Christian is Christ one, Christ like. So there is a desire to have all that is within us, all that can be seen of us, to surrender unto His guidance, His leadership. And to walk with the same intentionality that he did. With the same direction that he did. There was one that was under such torment. And what an incredible number. We have things that come against us. And maybe they come against us one at a time. Maybe they come against us two at a time. This one individual was tormented by a thousand. By the name Legion, as defined by looking back into history, a Roman legion numbered a thousand. And this was what was being used to torment this one. And so, come out of and he gave permission. Yeah, okay. All right. 
Go ahead, go into the pigs. And they run down the steep embankment and into the sea and drown. How can we gain that intentionality? By letting his word be our delight. By letting his word be that lamp before us. That light that we allow into us. The songs that Joe shared with us and the word that Curtis came back with and the word that I'm bringing right now. They were rather cohesive. And the thing about it is I didn't talk to Joe and I didn't talk to Curtis about what should be said. And until about eight o'clock this morning, I didn't know whether I was to speak about what's in the name or whether I was to speak of intentionality. Can it be said that we resemble Christ in that one aspect of life, intentionality. What I'm asking of you all is to look within you and ask this one question. We may not be omniscient. We aren't in any shape, way, or form omniscient. We are but dust. We are but dirt. But we're God's dirt created in Him, and we are created in His image. So here's my question. Is there one that you do know of that needs that saving power, that saving grace. Is there? And is it possible to reach out to that one individual? Is it possible? Will you prepare that time? Will you use time to prepare? Excuse me. How do you believe that Jesus could sit and say, let us go over to the other side without doubting his voice, without any, you know, any question? And know that he will accomplish it. Because we read throughout, throughout the Gospels that Christ would go off away from everyone 
and pray unto the Father. So my question, will you give up that time to prepare and pray unto the Father for that one, that one who's in torment, that one that is suffering, that one that is just merely lost. Will you pray for that one unto the Father? And if given the opportunity, will you walk up to that one It's a hard question to answer. But if you have so declared that you are a bondservant of Christ, then that time of prayer should be able to be attained. Whether the opportunity, the means to accomplish that final end task of presenting, sharing, reaching out to that one individual comes up. Only the Lord knows that. And if you are in that posture on your knees, on your face in prayer for that one individual you might hear that it is that time we may be asked and directed to physically be in front one to one reach out and touch someone Yeah, I know that's a line from the past, you know, reach out and touch. But sometimes it can be a, the use of a lost art. That lost art is writing a letter. Emails can be deleted Emails can fail. Texts might not go through because the signal was dropped. But how was a message conveyed before all those things? By letters. And if it was of a long distance, by runners. We have the post office. Yeah, I know it takes a little bit of time. But nonetheless, that lost art of writing a letter. Because it gives something that can be held. It gives something that can be carried. It gives something that can be opened up over and over again. 
when hope needs to be restored, relit. So listen, hear, and who knows? It may not be you that physically goes to that one that you're praying for. But if others are listening as well, the, the scripture says that the Spirit makes us one. And if we're all listening, and we start to all walk with intentionality and take direction from a voice that we hear. My sheep hear my voice. And know me. Then that one can be touched because he took the right posture. It is painful to take that posture on behalf of that one that you know is hurting and suffering and plain lost. But if you don't, two things happen. One is you are cheated of a blessing. of knowing that you are in that moment walking in obedience. And the second would be even more devastating. Because that individual may have to continue in that state of being. But if we're obedient, as Christ was obedient, if we are intentional, as Christ was intentional, and that one is touched, sought out, reached by whatever means. Paul has declared and says, I have become all things to all men so that by all means I might reach some.
He's but a man. He can't reach them all. But Christ, through those that hear his voice, there was no plan B, can reach those that are in a bad state. And if we do, it can go like this. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. It's a little backwards. They should have been rejoicing. They didn't understand. They didn't comprehend. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Again, because they didn't understand. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, and this is what can come about by reflecting those particular two qualities of our Lord of intentionality and direction. Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis it's an interesting word. Means group. It means a group of ten cities. One guy. <laughs> One guy was able to speak to a group of ten cities. How much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. For as many people knew of his state of being, the area knew. And after one encounter, one encounter had the courage 
the direction and the intentionality having obeyed the words of Christ when he said no um, you go home and tell about this he wanted to go with Christ he wanted to go with the one who had just released him from such a state but because of that immediate surrender that occurred in his heart and his being in all that he was and is I don't get to go with you no you're going to stay here and tell of my mercy upon you so he did we don't know much more about what had gone on, how the Decapolis responded to that message. But I imagine it was one of great result, spoken of with great power, because it wasn't him, it was Christ in him. So, I'm glad that the Lord has his way. I don't think this would have been quite the message yet. What's in the name? Though that's an interesting message. Reflect that quality of Christ. You've heard, you've experienced, Now walk with that intentionality.